Welcome to this week's The Sports Block Podcast, the post-NFL Draft Edition, and I'm pleased to be joined by my good friend and co-host of this podcast, Travis Krins. Travis, how are we? We're doing good. Good, good. NFL Draft is coming gone. We'll get to the some thoughts on the overall NFL Draft um, momentarily, but there are significant there's significant quarterback news out of the NFC North. One involving the draft, the other one involving our hated team, and it was the story was broken just hours before the draft. So we'll start with that. Aaron Rodgers says he does not want to play for Green Bay again. Uh, and the, the, that seems to happen a lot with their Hall of Fame quarterbacks. It does. It does. Uh, there's just a lack, a lot of distrust there. Uh, the GM, the uh, owner, shall we say. I, I mean, they, they don't have an owner, but the CEO, I guess, um, mm-hmm. Murphy, and also the head coach, uh, Matt LaFleur, have all taken separate trips out to California to try and talk with Aaron Rodgers and, and try to get him to uh, just get on the same page with them. Like, hey, you know, we, we want you back here. We want you to, to win championships and stuff. But based on, I mean, it, it just seems to me like there's an impasse now that cannot be reached now. And Aaron, I think, is contemplating retirement, possibly, because he doesn't want no, to play. No, 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 no. Because he doesn't want to play for the Packers anymore. I doubt that would happen. The Packers are steadfast that they will not trade him. I think he plays for them again. I mean, they did get him Amari Rodgers in the draft. A, a, I think a very speedy and good wide receiver from Clemson. So they at least got him one weapon. But, boy... If you want to talk about franchises doing you wrong, uh, the Packers are giving you just an entire playbook on how to do this incorrectly. He's going to get traded. He's not going to play with the Packers anymore. He's done. Rejoice. Rejoice, NFC North fans. Rejoice. Uh, Yeah. He's uh, he's, going to go to Denver, I think. I would agree with that. I don't know why everybody wants to go to Denver. Peyton Manning goes to Denver. He goes to Denver. I don't know why all these people want to go to Denver. But they do. Uh, I'm sure he preferred to go to San Francisco, but that ain't going to happen now. Yep. And who wouldn't want Aaron Rodgers? Maybe the Seahawks. Uh, well, the Seahawks, I think, would train him. Baltimore, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, There's a. You can count on one hand and not have all your fingers. Mm-hmm. For the teams that would not. I mean, obviously, we would. The Vikings. I yes. mean, we would take Aaron Rodgers over what we have now. Yes. So, I think he's done. I think he's going to Denver. You know, sometime in the next couple months. Well, I didn't under I, I the story. Whoever leaked it, his people probably leaked the story. You know, in the afternoon of the draft. Mm-hmm. I just found it interesting how we knew nothing of this until hours before the draft, and then everybody knew everything about it. Like Trey Wingo had a tweet of, "Yeah, this has been going on for a while. They've been talking for weeks. I'm sure you got a hold of his sources." And, Paul Allen. Paul Allen kind of, yeah, he was the guy that kind of broke the whole deal. Yep. And that's that's where I first thought. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And then after that, uh, things went crazy. So I don't understand if he doesn't want to be there. It's clear he doesn't want to be there. Why were they working on a contract extension? I don't know. Because they, they, they want him, but they want him under their term. It's what's interesting right. to me. So I, I kind of went back and forth on this initially after – um, you know, in the, the 24 to 48 hours after the report first came out. And at first, I'm like, okay, like he has every right to to be upset because the Packers have done very little 
to do anything to build a great team around him. Yes, they have Devontae Adams, who's great. They did draft him, but that wasn't in the first round. Uh, Aaron Jones, running back, wasn't a pick in the first round. They have not drafted an offensive player in any NFL draft in like the last 9-10 drafts, except for one year, and that was last year when they took Jordan Love. So, I mean, you can understand his frustration and their lack of... um, Lack of movement and free agency to bring any free agents in, I think, speaks volumes. And obviously, uh, I mean, they're maybe a little hamstrung by the fact that they don't have an owner. So there's some different rules that they might have to play with. But overall, I mean, it's just, it's bad. So that was my initial thought. And then I kind of thought, well, you know what? Rogers is kind of a baby in all of this because it seemed to, things really seemed to go south after the love pick. And I'm like, well, I mean, didn't the same thing happen with you when the Packers drafted you to sit behind Brett Favre for three or four years while Brett Favre was, um, you know, just seesawing back and forth on if he was going to play or not? But I think that's the major difference in this is that Aaron Rodgers has said, hey, I want to play here. He's never said, I'm retiring or, oh, he's just like stringing the Packers along. That's what Brett Favre did. That's why the Packers had to make their decision with Aaron Rodgers. And truth be told, I mean, Rodgers fell in their laps. I mean, that's who knows, you know, if they go a different route in that draft, if Rodgers doesn't go to 24 there or 25. I mean, maybe do they take Alex Smith, perhaps? So after thinking about that a little more, I'm like, okay, yes, Rodgers doesn't have like total, um, total right to be upset, but he has a much bigger gripe to be upset than Brett Favre because he hasn't done anything to really hamstring the Packers. He did not like Jordan Love getting drafted. I went to Rodgers had it down here a couple of years ago, 2019. He wasn't the MVP of the league like he usually is. And he came back this year and he was MVP. Mm-hmm. And again, they got very close to Super Bowl. And he's probably going to play for what? Five more years, you would you would think? One would imagine, yep. You know, he's going to play uh, for quite a while. Um, yeah, the pack, Jordan Lowe, I don't think he's going to be any good at all. But they've shown that, you know, they're willing to move on from their current guy uh, to be ready to, uh, to get ready for the future. And that's what they did with Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. Even though they're, uh, they're a Super Bowl team that doesn't really get to the Super Bowl all that much, despite being a favorite. Uh, a lot, mm-hmm. so yeah. I mean, I mean, just uh, they, they picked Jordy Nelson in two thousand eight. They picked Brian Bulaga a tackle, or Derek Sherrod a tackle in twenty ten and twenty eleven. Yeah, but since two thousand twelve, they've not picked. I mean, Jordan Love wasn't. They've not picked an offensive player. Jordan Love wasn't even active for the game this year. Right. I mean, how is how? I mean, how is that? He's your backup quarterback of some sorts. He wasn't even active for a game. So he's a project. So we better get ready pretty quick. And, yeah, if I'm Rodgers, I'm like, all right, I don't want to be here anymore. I mean, that, that what was it, the fourth and goal play, that was, I think yes. that was the, that was the back break. Yes. Yep. Fourth and goal against Tampa, you're down. What was it? What was it? What were they down? It was, they were down by eight. So they would have still. He got to go for it. He got to go for it. Yep. Again, they never got the ball back. Yep. And it's just ridiculous. Yep. Just ridiculous. You're not guaranteed to get the ball back. And they did. So. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, so he wants to go. That's fine with me. Like Vegas, Denver, San Francisco, 
probably going to be Denver, unfortunately. Yep. Um, I like him. I have no interest in Denver being good again. I'm fine with Denver not being good for a while. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, the Vikings are a year, a year or two, too late on this thing here with their quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. So they had their own quarterback dealings in the draft, but I don't know. Everybody's pretty much set at quarterback right now. So I don't know where, man, but obviously he wants to go somewhere where he can win. Mm-hmm. So I think he's going to get traded to Denver. Yep. I I would agree. I think Denver's the, the front runner there. Apparently there was a reported trade that the, the 49ers were going to send the number three overall pick, um, Jimmy G, uh, some more, some other picks and other players to Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers, uh, and the Packers said no. And maybe that was, and I think that was the night before. Um, so if if that is, I mean, true, I probably would have done that. I don't know. You get number three pick. You can pick Trey Lance or mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts or whoever. Yep. Like if you think Jordan Love's going to be good, then you have Jimmy G for a year or two. Mm-hmm. And then you have Kyle Pitts or somebody. I don't know. So. Yeah, I so I think if that if the Packers had re- realized, and maybe they maybe they already did, maybe they were bracing themselves for it. But the backlash that would come from the media and you know, especially the fans and even Aaron Rodgers himself with when this report came out, maybe they do take San Francisco up on that deal there uh, by taking the third overall pick and Jimmy Garoppolo and stuff. I don't know, but they seem so dug in. To the fact, like, hey, no, he's, and maybe that's just the the face that they're putting on in public with, you know, their um, radio appearances, television appearances, meeting with the press and stuff for these comp- press conferences. Maybe that, maybe that's just the face that they're putting on, and privately they're saying like, oh crap, we have to figure out what we're going to do with this because this doesn't seem like it's going to get resolved, and we have to figure out if we're going to trade him or not or what. Or you know, not if we're going to trade him, but who we're going to trade him to. And I think Denver would be the the favorites there uh, because they didn't draft a quarterback in the the draft this last weekend. They did add Teddy Bridgewater from Carolina. Uh, they do he's going to compete with Drew Locke, but Teddy Bridgewater I don't think is a huge upgrade over Drew Locke. I mean Teddy B is good. We like Teddy a lot. But, I mean, if you have a chance to get Rodgers, you're going to take Rodgers immediately over Locke and um, and Bridgewater. But I think you just look at the way Green Bay has let this play out pretty much from the get-go. Um, is starting last year with the Jordan Love pick and even, you know, looking back at all these uh, picks that they just haven't done anything to their offense. I mean, last year they drafted a, a backup running back, A.J. Dillon, and a, t- a blocking tight end. Oh, that's going to do a lot of good for Aaron Rodgers. So, I I mean, the Packers are blowing this every way you possibly could um, as far as the Aaron Rodgers front goes. I mean, just look at their draft. I've never heard of these guys. Yeah, it wasn't a great draft for them. Or just any of these drafts in any of these years. How are the Packers so good? Oh, yeah, they got, they got a really good quarterback. Mm-hmm. 2019, who the hell, who the fuck is Darnell Savage Jr.? He's a decent safety. I mean, he made some plays back there. I mean, they had Jair Alexander. He's good. Who the hell is Jace Sternberger? Uh, I think he's a tight end. He's a tight end. He's yeah. got the... Uh, yeah, he doesn't hasn't done much. Like, who are these guys? 
Like I, I, yeah, bad, bad drafting, bad picks. They picked AJ Dillon last year. That was bad. And who do you, like who is making Alan Lazard and Equimonia St. Brown into names and uh, uh, Montez Valdez Scandling? Uh, who's All of these random dudes. Yeah, where yeah. the hell? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Valdez Scandling was a shift round pick three years ago. Mm-hmm. And who's a random dude who's like their you know, number two receiver now? And who's making them into these names that we even know of? Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Jones, running back. He was a fifth round pick in twenty seventeen. Yep. And it's yeah. just I, the Packers have always done this, but, but wow. I, I mean, and again, I think Aaron Rodgers has to look at the history of the Packers and recognize that yes, I mean, they do draft heir apparent, you know, several years beforehand. But again, Brett Favre was Aaron Rodgers at this stage in his career was way better than Brett Favre was at his stage of his career when mm-hmm. they drafted Aaron Rodgers. When the, when the Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers. Brett Favre was contemplating retirement seemingly on an every-year basis for four or five years. So the Packers, I think, said, okay, enough of this. And, I mean, the situations, I just, I think, while slightly similar, are there are a lot of big differences between yes. uh, 2005 and, and this year. They drafted a couple receivers in the second round, Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams, and those guys were very good. Yep. Devontae Adams, extremely good. Yes. Randall Cobb, very good for a couple of years. So those were second-round guys, mm-hmm. like top 60 picks. So just get anybody worth anything. Jordy yeah. Nelson, first or second-round pick, 36 overall. He was excellent. Yep. But you just give him a little bit of help. You think instead of making – Sorry, go ahead. Instead of making these random guys and a star, it's like pick your actual receiver in the first round, and you can have a superstar. So Think of – Think of who they could have gotten uh, this year instead of Eric Stokes. Eric Stokes. Yep, they could have taken, instead of Eric Stokes, the cornerback from Georgia, they could have had Elijah Moore, wide receiver from Ole Miss. They could have had Rondale Moore. I know you really love him, the wide receiver from Purdue. He went to Arizona. Elijah Moore went 34 to the Jets. Uh, Just trying to think of a couple other guys off the top. I mean, it's just, I mean, those two immediately jumped to mind. Like, you could have had this guy. Take that linebacker from Notre Dame for God's sakes. Yes, yes. Uh, Jeremiah Wosu, Cormoa. Yes, absolutely. Random guy from Georgia. I do think, uh, speaking of Jeremiah Wosu, Cormoa, I think that was the best pick in the draft. Mm -hmm. Just for value purposes. I think that was an absolute steal by the Browns. Because he should have gone in the mid-teens. And the Browns gave him in the 50s. That's just fantastic. So we'll keep monitoring this Aaron Rodgers situation, but it certainly looks like he's taken his last snap in Green Bay. I've reached out to a couple of Packers fans, asked how they were doing, and uh, they said, "Oh, I've been I've been hearing about this. You know, people are checking in on me." So uh, we'll continue to do so because if that happens, the North is wide open, and seemingly it's going to be the Vikings to take. Uh, and they had a very good draft. Uh, the the trade down on. Thursday night to get Christian Darrisaw at 23, pick up a couple of third-round picks. Excellent. Uh, they got Kellen Mond, who I really like, uh, backing uh, in the third round. And they got Wyatt Davis, the guard from Ohio State. Like, you could not have had a more perfect um, way for this draft to go in terms of the, the Vikings getting able or being able to get a starting guard and a starting offensive tackle. Um 
And just, I think that that's very good. But the big story for the Vikings now post-draft is something that ESPN's Courtney Cronin uh, wrote an article on ESPN.com about. And that is that the Vikings were prepared to take Justin Fields at 14 if he had fallen to them. Uh, obviously, the Bears traded up at uh, uh, to 11 to get him. And that... I think that stunned them, and I think it. I think the article talks about just how kind of semi devastated they were because they didn't think that Chicago was going to be able to have enough ammunition to pull the trigger on that trade. And if you looked at who was in front of them, um, Philadelphia and then NFC East teams, and yeah, they weren't going to pick them, so. and, and the Chargers aren't going to take a quarterback here. So it seemed like the Vikings were going to have this. Um, Rather, you know, unbelievable scenario fall to them where they could get Justin Fields and again start the li- the, the process of AC after Cousins, um, and unfortunately it didn't work. The Bears made the trade; they give up a first round pick next year and get Justin Fields, and that's great. But just the mere fact that the Vikings are thinking about life after Cousins, the mere fact that they were saying, "Hey, let's uh let's go get this guy," it's it speaks volumes, I think, and I think it. I think it should make the fan base excited to know that they that the Vikings are at least trying to have a plan. And you know, could they have traded up to get him? Sure, uh, that would have cost them a few picks. They didn't have a second round pick. You picked up two thirds in the trade down with the Jets. You only have to move up what three, four spots. Three, four spots. So it would have probably cost them a third, at least a third round pick, maybe two. Uh, they did pick up two more, so it, it's okay. It worked out. And they, they did not trade up at all, did they? They did not. Nope. That was surprising. With all those picks, I feel, I'm glad they didn't have any seventh rounders. Yep. Those were a waste of time. I was very surprised they didn't. They didn't trade up at all because they usually do. I I was too. I thought for sure when they picked up the the two extra third round the oh, yeah. two extra third rounders. I thought, okay, they're going to make a trade up into the second round to get someone good. Whether it would have been that uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromo or or someone yeah. like that, I, I thought they would have pulled the trigger there. They didn't. They ended up getting some very good players overall. But again, just the mere fact that they are considering and were actually going to pull the trigger on taking Justin Fields, I think that's just, it, it's kind of eye-opening. You wonder what that's going to do for Cousins, but they, you know, the article said they had reached out to Cousins to give him a heads up uh, that it's not, he's, his job is safe this year. We'll see what Kellen Mond can do. I think he just needs a little more work on his footwork and a little accuracy, but I think he could develop into a very good uh, starting quarterback, potentially, uh, with the right tutelage. But it's just the mere fact, again, that the Vikings were thinking about this that's stunning to me. I was hoping they would, because like, how do you pass this guy up? Right. The, the Bears, the Bears. The Bears won this draft for me. Yeah. They, got, they finally got a quarterback. It's all easier stack, and we'll see how good he is. I think he's going to be pretty good. I think the best so quarterback too. they've ever had that we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So, right. and it was so close to the Vikings, and like I, I was getting excited. Like if he's going, if if somebody trades up, they'll pick him. They're going to trade up to pick him at this point. But if he doesn't, he's going to fall to the Vikings. And are they going to pick him? And it sounds like they would have. Yep. And it's disappointing they came so close to him. You know, Cousins going to what forty five million against the cap. Yep, in two seasons. So I mean that's that's way too much. I think mean, that's already guaranteed. The thirty-seven million is going to make. So 
you're stuck with them for two years. Then you go to Kalamon and we'll see what happens there. Or they you know, could but, draft a quarterback to like another quarterback. I mean, maybe it's a, a Sam Howell, or maybe there's a quarterback in two years that they would be uh, infatuated with. I think again, it's just I'm okay with them not trading down because they got they got needs. They they made their team better in the draft. Um, yeah, I mean, every everyone I've seen giving them an A for the most part. Yep. Yeah, if those two uh, two offensive linemen work and are starters, then you've done what you needed to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Garrett Bradbury's been bad. Ezra Cleveland, uh, see if he can do better this year in his second year. So we got Brian O'Neill, who's okay. Yep. Brian so O'Neal's these two guys they picked, or even if one of them, just you know, one of them work out, okay, yeah, and your offensive line's a little better. Mm-hmm. Anybody else in this draft? I don't know. That running back from Iowa State? No. Like, yeah, anybody else in the I, I, No. Who knows? The defensive end from Pittsburgh, maybe. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? No. I, whatever. Iowa any- receiver? No. Florida State? Some guy from Florida State? Yeah. From tight end? I had to get my tight end from who the fuck knows where. So, um, so I'm so. so I'm at my my uh, my folks this weekend and and the. Um, and the pick comes in that the the Vikings draft a tight end from Central Missouri State, <laughs> and my mom goes, "Oh my gosh, Travis must be having a cow right now." He's like, "What a waste!" Like round five at this point, it's like, you know what? Like, if what he, are we what are we wasting picks on tight ends? If for? he can if he can spread the field though, if he's a good pass catching tight end, I mean, he was a punter, and so if he can. If he can be a weapon, a viable weapon in the passing game, I'm all for it. It sounds like he can't block worth a damn, but I mean, just have that other option. It's fine. Again, I am I am dismayed that the Vikings didn't get him, or just the fact that anyone didn't draft Cade Johnson. Like, I, I don't get it. I really don't. I don't like Kellen Mond. I don't think he's any good. So not excited about that really at all. Like, Kay Johnson, you know, probably should have been drafted. Now it don't really matter. He's with Seattle. He should do fine there. We hope. Like, well, he, he's an FCS guy. I mean, you know, all these SDSU guys. You know, Goddard, what was was it? First, second round pick? Second, round, second round pick. I mean, besides him, Antonio Christian didn't get drafted. Jake Winicky didn't get drafted. Yep. Like, none of these all-time greats at SDSU. None of them ever get drafted, and none of them ever do anything. Winnicky never played in a game. Karen Christian never played in a game. Uh, Kay Johnson, I think, will play in a game. I think he'll do fine. Mm-hmm. You know, Zach Zinner did well. Yeah. But, like, he's, he's the SDSU FCS receiver. And like, yeah, the Vikings were, I mean, the Vikings took this jack off from Iowa. Where's he from again? Iowa. Iowa. Oh, the Zach Davidson. Oh, Central, oh, Central Missouri State. Missouri. Yes. Yep, yep, I mean, yep. what are we doing? I... What are we doing? Pick <laughs> K. Johnson right there. Like, what a waste. Yes, I agree. <laughs> what a waste of a pick. It just seems like they pick uh, uh, tight ends every year. They got Irv Smith Jr., who hasn't done much. Uh, Tyler Conklin, who's on the team, mm-hmm. I guess. Bucky Hodges in the sixth round from Virginia Tech. He never played. Yeah. We don't need him. David Morgan, sixth round. <clears throat> UT San Antonio. He caught 16 passes. Can't remember one. Michael Pruitt. Yes. Southern Illinois. He had 32. 
catches, four touchdowns. Don't remember a single one of those. Yep. Uh, he is now with Tennessee, I believe. Like, all of these guys, like, what a waste. So, whatever. Yeah, it's it's the two, two offensive linemen. Kellen Mond will see. Like, I just, I don't know. I just, just like, no. I, like, Kyle Trask, and that was another one. They were two picks away from him. If he would have been there, would they have picked him? I'm more excited about Kyle Trask than Kellen Mond. They say yes. Kyle Trask uh, doesn't have a very strong arm. That's fine. Uh, Kellen Mond isn't very accurate. I don't like that. You need to be accurate. Yes. That's the white one. It's like a receiver. Oh, he's pretty good, but he's fast. Can't catch very well, but, well, that's the one, number one thing you need to do. I, you need to be accurate as a quarterback. You need to catch the ball as a receiver. I am and you by, cannot fumble as a running back. Right. I am by no means trying to make the comparison here and saying that he is this, but uh, Michael Vick. He's Joe Webb. He's was, Joe Webb. What is. <laughs> Michael Vick. Wasn't all that accurate as a passer. No. Um, by the way, he ran a four seven two in the rich eye, the run rich run, no. um, the thing that Rich Eisen from the NFL Network put uh, did with eight donors and eight athletes uh, to uh, make some money for the St. Jude <laughs> Children's Hospital, and he ran a four seven two forty at forty years. I mean, just he's insane. Michael Vick is. Um, but, I think Kellen Mond is like a really good Joe Webb. Sure. Joe Webb was a horrendous passer, horrendous, uh, but could run. He was an, an excellent runner. He should have been a tight end or something, and he's gone on to other teams, and he's never really played, but he's been like a tight end receiver type guy. Yep. Kellen Mond, like, he doesn't run as much as you think he would. Well, so, I don't know, he, I'm even trying to think, like, Colin Kaepernick, too, was – not the most accurate passer, I don't believe. And again, Cap and Vic are far faster than Kellen Mond. But I do think you. this is at least the Vikings saying like, hey, we're trying to get this uh, quarterback situation for the future figured out. And again, you could. I, I guarantee you there are a bunch of people out there probably read that article on ESPN.com and are upset that the Vikings didn't try yes. and get, like, trade up to get fields or their their attempts were rebuffed. They couldn't get it, the deal done because they didn't want to part with as much draft capital. I get that. That's a fair criticism. But also look at what the Vikings got on the offensive line because that was a huge need. And we saw so many mock drafts saying, oh, Jalen Phillips to – uh, the Vikings, quitty pay, you know, to the Vikings. Got to get that edge rusher and stuff. Like, no, they don't need that. If Daniel Hunter comes back healthy, they have two big defensive tackles in the middle here that will take up blockers. It'll allow for more one on ones. They don't need a defensive end. They need to build that offensive line, protect Cousins or whoever is under center. So I think either way, if this if Fields had been the pick here, you consider it a win because you're thinking of the future. The Vikings, though, get a win here in the draft because they get their presumably starting offensive tackle and starting guard here, hopefully for the foreseeable future, at least five years. Like if they think Kellen Mond's going to be their starter in two years, I mean, I don't say that's ridiculous, but that ain't going to work. I just, I just don't see that working. So they are still, I mean, yep. I don't know. I, 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 they're usually the, the Vikings are pretty good. 
they got good receivers. They got good running backs. Their defense is pretty good to where their quarterback doesn't need to be great. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe he'll be okay. I don't know. But I just don't. I just don't see it. I think he. I could, just don't see it. I think he could be potentially a starter, but I don't. I'm not. Tr- I mean, I think. Uh, I mean, I've talked with with Jeff about him multiple times here leading up into the draft, and he was kind of just too inconsistent. Yeah, I I think he could be a very good backup, and you don't want to draft a guy in the third right. round to just be a backup. But I think he has. He's going to be a good enough backup with the potential to be a starter if he gets the work in and fixes his mechanics. Uh, Fine-tunes the mechanics, perhaps, is a better uh, way to phrase that. I think that... I, I still have no idea who the other quarterback's going to be after Kirk Cousins. Well, well... In two, in two years, and two we're done. Years. Two years, we tried it. Yep. It hasn't worked out. I, so. let's, let's see where if they maybe try and make a play for a quarterback in a couple of years maybe you know I, I doubt next year's draft now because you want like to Aaron Rodgers is the guy that I want yeah he's the guy that I want I mean it's it sucks that we can't move I mean not that the Packers would give us give him anyway but right for him to go somewhere for a year like far and then come to us yes yeah that'd be, mean, great. That would be great but I like I mean, who else is going to be out there like I don't see any free because rarely do I mean never never Kirk Cousins was a free agent and he's was well, a free agent for a reason. Mm-hmm. He did okay in Washington, and he's done fine with the Vikings. Like, who was the last free agent quarterback to win a Super Bowl? Usually, it's a guy you draft, or Peyton Manning goes to Denver, or yep. Tom Brady goes to Tampa. Yep. Like, when was the last? Like, oh, this guy is a free agent quarterback, and he signed with somebody, and he won a Super Bowl. You, I was going to say Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, so you took those, those two. Those are like, you know. Yep. Exceptions. Yep. yep, and those are exceptions to the Different, world. yeah, those are guys that at the end of their career. You know, those guys in their prime of their career just don't come open. So if you don't draft a quarterback, like, you're not going to get a guy. Right. And if you do get a guy, he's going to be at the end of his career or he's going to be Kirk Cousins, who's mm-hmm. okay. Uh, Drew Brees would be the other, would be one. Yeah, and he ended up being—I mean, he was obviously significantly better. Yes. Than he was with the Chargers. So yeah, that's probably the last guy 15 years ago who went somewhere and actually made a made an impact. Mm-hmm. Like you look at the best quarterbacks in the league right now: Patrick Mahomes was drafted, Deshaun Watson was drafted, Dak yes. Prescott was drafted, yep. Aaron Rodgers was drafted. Yep. Just go down the line: Russell Wilson was drafted. All yep. of those guys, big Wyoming. They uh, were all draft picks. Yeah. And the Vikings, I mean, the Vikings, well, outside of Culpepper, they've never, they did uh, what uh, Tavares Jackson, second round pick, Teddy Bridgewater. But they've never really spent like a top 10. They rarely pick in the top 10, but they've never said, okay, top mm-hmm. 10, top five, we're picking a quarterback. Yep. Again, I just, I, like with this field situation here, I don't think that they saw any real threat. Like, yes, you would rather. Like, how could you not see the Bears coming up? Like when you saw the Bears, that's. I mean, they jump on like, like you knew they were picking. Yes, yes. I like, don't, how do they like the Bears were one of those teams? It's like yes, they're in the twenties. He's not going to last until then. He's not going to last uh, past New England right. if they even wanted him. Right. But at that point, once once you're two or three spots away, you got to be thinking, you know, somebody somebody's going to be doing something here. And 
I feel like like the Bears were. I feel like that was like a rumor out there of the you know mm-hmm. Bears might be doing something. So yeah, hopefully he doesn't end up good because we're gonna have to play him for quite some time. Yes, but I mean, goddamn, just ugh. I mean, Chicago has had a very notorious history for not being able to develop quarterbacks, and we'll see what Matt Nagy here can do. Um, I, I look, they, they've made the the Super Bowl with Rex Grossman. They did. They've made the playoffs with Frank. Yes. They've they've done well with all of these horrible quarterbacks. Yep. So just think if they had an average guy. Mm-hmm. Goddamn, they'd be good. Yeah. Yep. I mean, so the Bears are right up there. Uh, the Lions. I think they I... win the division. What? I think the Bears win the division this year. Really? Oh no, no way. I don't. I if don't Aaron Rodgers is traded. I think the Bears win the division. No, I, I, I'll take the Vikings. I'll take the Vikings with the pack with the Bears finishing second because I don't know if they're going to start Justin Fields week one. I don't. I don't. I think, I think you get Andy Dalton for that bridge year, and then you start Justin Fields. Maybe and maybe not. Maybe that won't be the case. Um, I, I like. I think for San Francisco, you draft Trey Lance while well, you're keeping Jimmy G. You know, you got to you got to fine tune Trey Lance's game. I mean, he's very smart. He's very gifted athletically. Um, by the way, I was in Marshall this weekend, and yeah. not, there is not any sign. Uh, I saw one thing that on um, the runnings uh, Dactronic sign that said uh, "Congratulations, Trey," but I didn't see any like big banners uh, already. That that better come at some point, Marshall, because you, yeah. this is your claim to fame. Just like South Dakota always has towns that claim, you know, who, who they oh. Uh, Stephanie Herseth Sandlin, you know, uh, is home, you know, from Brookings, and uh, Castlewood is home to Christy Nome, which I don't know if that's a great, a great thing or not. But Marshall, you, you got to get on that. But let's let's get going here with that. But that was a cool moment there. I think out of all the five rookie quarterbacks, I think Trey Lance is in the best spot because he gets to learn from Kyle Shanahan. Uh, it's kind of tailor that offense to him. The pressure is going to be on Zach Wilson, who looks again like he's just graduating from the Disney Channel uh, special in in New York. I think that's just a lot of pressure for him. I think Tre- I think Zach Wilson and Justin Fields are going to have more pressure on them just because of the the media markets they're in, the teams, the the, the history involved versus Mac Jones and um, and Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance. I I think those two by far are going to face the highest amount of criticism and pressure. Like Trevor Lawrence, like he's expected to be like the next Peyton Manning. So. But he's in Jacksonville, like if, so that will help. Like if he's, you know, if he's like even Kirk Cousins, which isn't bad, it'd be like, well, that was a disappointment. Mm-hmm. Trey Lance is on the best team. Zach Wilson, I think... Not good. Like, yeah, like how how do I get like I don't like him at all. Yeah, he's my guy in this draft that I think's terrible. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Mac Jones. We'll see what New England does with him. Like all of this Mac Jones to San Francisco talk was just a bunch of horseshit. Apparently. Yes. Yep. And apparently, because John Lynch came out and said, "Oh yeah, freelance. We knew it right away." Yeah, maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. Like I would hope to fuck that. You know, you, you trade up to the third pick that you know who the fuck you're picking. Mm-hmm. You're not just saying, "Well, it's one of these three guys." So, they picked Trey Lance, good for him. But, you know, 
or Montgrass kind of took a shit with the Cincinnati at five. Well, and I was just going to get to Cincinnati too. Like, it's fine to take Jamar Chase and add another offensive weapon, but do you want Joe Burrow around for more than five years? Like, there were so many receivers in this draft. You you could have taken anybody yes. with your second with your second pick. Elijah Moore, all of these other guys. Rondale, like, yes. Yep. It's just. You need the cornerstone. You need that 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 bookend tackle that is going to be like your next Tony Baselli, your next Anthony Munoz. I mean, Anthony Munoz is a name that Bengals fans know. I mean, he's the best player ever in Bengals history. And you could have gotten Penny Sewell to help protect Joe Burrow, and instead you said, "Nope, Riley Reef is okay." Like that's just—it's just stupid. It, it really is. Um, like, if he is expected to be as good as they say he is, then you pick him. Yes. So, yes. what, he ended up with Detroit. I thought Detroit had a fantastic draft. Oh, see, I, I don't like what Detroit did there. Like, I, you're you're taking the best player off the board at seven in Pennsylvania. That is fine. Yeah. But they need wide, they need weapons on at wide receiver. They need help on, on defense. I don't think offensive tackle was their biggest need. I think they should have taken a wide receiver. Uh, I just, I'm not, I don't love what Cincinnati or Detroit did. This is why these two teams are constantly uh, picking in the top 10. It's just a little ridiculous to me. I, I, Panay Sewell at seven, I thought that was good. Well, you're taking the best player again. I just think there are other needs for Detroit. Like, if he is as good as they say he is, then yeah, whoever picks him, you're going to get an excellent player. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like this new coach wants, I don't know. Bite kneecaps. Bite kneecaps and get people with pipes to beat the shit out of people. So, <laughs> like, if, like, if this is, like, if they want to be, like, you know, Detroit, they want to be, like, a tough, tough team, then, I don't know. Well, then, I mean, they got a couple defensive linemen. We'll see what they do. But I like, I like what Detroit did. They, um... Yeah, they went that's, tackle, defensive lineman, defensive line. That's fine to build up your interior line, but I feel like Detroit has tried to do that before, and you need got like they don't have Kenny Galladay anymore. Who's their top wide receiver? I it just oh, I don't even know. It, it's like I don't know. I mean, I don't think Marvin Jones is still there anymore. Like so they got the USC guy. He's going to be in the mix. Bashard uh, Perryman. Oh yeah, well that's oh, they got God. Tyrell Williams. I mean yes, they got Armand Ra or Amon Ra um, St. Brown, who's Equimonius's uh, brother. So the the two like I think this is a team that's going to be picking in the top five next year, so they can oh, yes. pick their quarterback uh, next year. So you know they've got their tackle. Okay, you got him. Mm-hmm. See what happens with Jared Goff. He's okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. T.J. Hawkinson. He's their best offensive weapon right now. Probably. Yeah, yeah, they're running back DeAndre Swift. Swift. Like it's it's not looking good for Detroit. But you know, like if you pick a receiver, it's like okay, you pick so say you pick one of the Alabama guy. It's like mm-hmm. okay, we got him, but you got Jared Goff. How long is he going to be there? Like I, I, I like the pick. I like their first round pick. The I think Detroit and Houston are probably the favorites right now to land the number one overall pick for next year. I saw a listing of the uh, the win totals for Vegas. Yeah, Houston has a three and a half. They have twenty eight free agents that they signed. Like that's just a whole. That's practically a whole new team. That's a half of a new team. Yeah, here it is. Yeah, the Lions were second or five wins. Mm-hmm. Texans were three and a half. 
Who are the next three teams? No, four teams were at six and a half wins. Uh, the Jets probably have to be up there. Yes. Uh, let's see. Like how the fuck are the Jets winning seven games? I don't. Like, I, what? I don't. I don't see it. Like, and here's the other thing that, that bugs me about the Jets is that they pretty much said, "Hey, let's just give the big middle finger to Sam Darnold." Like, hey, like we aren't going. We didn't do anything with you. We were so dysfunctional. And then Zach Wilson comes in, and all of a sudden, like, oh, hey, let's get you a wide receiver. Let's get you a tackle. Let's get you everything you need to to make sure that your success isn't like Sam Darnold. Like, well, you know, Sam Darnold's in a better spot now in Carolina. Anyway, uh, are the Jaguars at six and a half? Jaguars are at six and a half. Okay. Two. All right. Uh, two two more teams. Yep. Two more teams here. Um, the Giants and Raiders are at seven. Okay. Uh, are the no are the Broncos at six and a half? No. No. Okay. I didn't. I didn't think so. That didn't seem like a a real viable team there. I don't see any. Oh yeah, the Broncos. I think there's a lot of money coming in on Denver to win the whole thing. To win the Super Bowl. Oh, sure, because they're banking Rodgers. on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Um, so it's got to be in the NFC. And, okay, the Giants, no. Uh, Eagles at six and a half? Eagles at six and a half, yes. Yep. They should be bad. Okay, and then one other team here. Ooh, uh, let's go with. Oh, wait, how about the Bengals? The Bengals at six and a half? Oh, very good. Very, yeah, thank you. Um,. Yeah, so those are, those are bad teams, and we talked about the potential quarterbacks next year. Mm-hmm. North Carolina guy, Texas Tech transfer from Oregon. Forgot about the uh, the guy from Oklahoma. Yep, yep, Spencer, uh, yeah, the, the albino, right? The albino, yep, the albino guy, yep. He, uh, he'll be, he should be a top pick. So then you look at those teams. Um, the Texans obviously need a quarterback. The Lions need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eagles may need a quarterback. Giants may need a quarterback. We need a quarterback. So it's so nice of Dave Gettleman to get that extra first round pick for the new GM next year. <laughs> Very excited. Yeah, so they get the Bears pick. Yes. Yep. Yeah, they get the Bears pick. So, so I mean that that could be two top fifteen picks uh, in all likelihood. Maybe twenty. Sure, twenty. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts from the draft? Anything else that really caught your attention? You're like, what the hell is, are they doing? What are they doing? Um, yeah, just the, the Bengals selecting the receiver. Well, I would have went the other way on that one. Mm-hmm. I watched. Well, what did you watch? Watched it all. What did you, ESPN oh, for the most part? I did, I did ESPN mainly Thursday, see. Friday, and NFL Network on Saturday. I flipped well, occasionally Saturday. to ESPN, but I was primarily NFL Network on Saturday. I watched Close Football Focus on Twitter. Ooh. They were also on YouTube. I, I watched them. I had the TV on to see the picks. I had it on mute, but I listened to their guys. They had Chris Collinsworth on the first night with four other guys, okay, and then... Right. They had everybody else. The, Sam Munson. The rest of the weekend. I follow Ooh. Sam Munson on Twitter. Um, was he one of the guys on there? Sam Munson. Mm-hmm. Sam Munson. How do you spell that? M O N S O N. M O N. Yes. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Uh, yes, yes, he was. He was. Okay. You were tipping picks. Hair and a beard. You were tipping picks. I don't like that. You know, like this, the NFL. Tipping picks. The picks are out there stacking. 
the picks are out there. No, you were tipping picks here because I wasn't. I just told you you'll you'll like the Vikings next week, and you knew who that was. Well, I had a no. guess, but I mean, they hadn't announced it yet. I, that's why I try and stay off of uh, try to say, yeah. the off, off the, the Twitter machine until the pick uh, is made, and I can give my instant analysis here. I just, I think, it, yeah, the Bengals, well, the Browns, though, stellar draft. The, I think, the Browns, yeah, everybody likes what the Browns and, did. And I the, think they had the best draft. Like, what are the Steelers doing? A, not drafting the heir apparent to Ben Roethlisberger, but B, like, you're you're getting a running back in Najee Harris. Sure, that's good, but. Your offensive line is aging, and you got some new talent. I didn't like what the Steelers did at all. I think the Steelers, um, they're going to fight with the Bengals for last this year. The Broncos, they took Patrick Sertan. That was a bit of a surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody likes that North Carolina running back, John K. Williams. Yep. So we'll see what he turns into. And that Quinn Myers, the center from Wisconsin Whitewater. Yeah, he, did, he that, decapitated uh, a guy in the, in the highlight reel. He just yeah. like flat out like killed him. Chargers did well. They got the, the big tackle from Northwestern. Yep, they got uh, like he was close to falling to the Vikings. I'm like, oh, that'd be that'd be good. Yes, it would. Yep. And they got uh, they got Asante Samuel Jr. So they uh, they kind of came out of the draft pretty good. Yep. Uh, the Patriots, they got Christian Barmore at 38. He fell quite a bit. Yep. And uh, they, they, I mean, they'll be better than they were last year. Yes. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker to the Jets there. That's, kinda, that's why the Vikings take him. Yes. So, I that's I mean, they had him. We'll see how he does. They got Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. You know, those might be a couple of guys. Zach Wilson, I, I just don't like him. So. Yeah. Yeah. Titans got your guy Caleb Fairley. Mm-hmm. Fairley from Virginia Tech. They got the North Dakota State tackle. Yep. They could have used Cade Johnson. Well, I don't know why yeah. they didn't. I take mean, everybody him. could have been at that point. And a lot of people like what uh, what the football team did. I like it. I like the fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. I, that NFC East is going to be so competitive next year, but I don't see any. I, I don't. I don't see. I see them beating up on each other more than anything. I, I'd, I'd say Dallas is the favorite. I'd I give Washington, who somehow won that thing last year. I would agree. I'd I put Washington at two. I kind of like Jalen Hurts. I don't know how good he is. And I just don't like the Giants because the quarterback sucks. So. I actually might put the Giants at two because I think there are no – if not now, when? Because if this if, – if Daniel Jones can't win with the weapons that they that the Giants have provided him, then he's he's no good. That he's just done. You can't. You can't win with him. I think the Giants are probably the second best team in that division. Yeah, I'll take. Well, I'll take the football team. So we'll we'll see there. The NFL draft is uh, complete, and uh, now we will primarily just focus on baseball. And the you got the NHL playoffs. The NBA playoffs are going to start next week. The NFL schedule. Oh, Krenz, the NFL schedule is coming out on May twelfth. Very excited about that. We'll, we'll talk. Team. I can't give you the dates or times. I can give you everything else. Yep, yep. And that's that's all. I, that's all I want to know. I just want to see when you know how many primetime games you get. Because it's like, uh, are, are you done with your? Is this? Are you efforting the uh, your mock schedule? I I am going to work on that this week. Uh, Good. So that will be out in a, in a special blog next week, uh, along with uh, my predictions for the Sunday night, and Monday night, and Thursday night schedules. Uh, apparently, this is the last year of Thursday night football on the NFL Network. 
and Fox. It's going to Amazon uh, Prime after this, which is dumb. So nothing like uh, really killing a you know portion of your audience. We'll see if the NFL um, is licking their wounds after this, or maybe maybe it's good. I don't know. I don't know on that. But yes, uh, that's exciting here. So we'll we'll definitely uh, be talking about that. Um, maybe not next week. We'll, we'll react to it here in a couple of weeks. Uh, and we'll get to the baseball here in a moment. But uh, congrats to South Dakota State for uh, really, on the racks, yeah, yep, uh, really making a sweat one out against Southern Illinois. Bye uh, bye Bison. The the North Dakota State Bison lose to Sam Houston State, and they scored their touchdowns on a kickoff return and a punt return for a touchdown. Also a safety on special teams. So their offense didn't do jack shit. Uh, which I think has to make SDSU fans uh, very happy that maybe SDSU is going to be the the favorite here for a while, depending on how North Dakota State bounces back. I mean, three losses is bad for them, and I think maybe they are maybe going to fall back to the pack a little bit, where uh, you're not going to see one just one loss from them, if that in a year. Maybe not. We'll, we'll see how they go. I, I kind of think with the spring season too, it's just like, eh, whatever. Like, it is what it is. Uh, but, you know, for all the struggles that Mark Gronowski had on Sunday night in that first half against Southern Illinois, he really responded in the second half. The defense responded. That was a huge goal line stand there. And I think that that game against Southern Illinois serves them better to uh, be able to beat. Like, they... they they went against adversity. They, uh, I mean, and it's always tough to beat a team twice in this season. I mean, Southern Illinois, they crushed them 44-3. to Southern Illinois, obviously better since that game. But I think just being able to come back uh, after trailing at the half, at home, uh, you're not playing as good as what you expected. I think they will be just fine against Delaware. Delaware does not scare me. No. I don't think they're winning it. I think they're losing in the championship game. Mm-hmm. I don't think they can beat James Madison. Sam Houston State, I don't know. They probably beat them. I don't think they can beat James Madison, though. No, it's it, it's going to be tough. But this team is it's it's just it's different than that team that uh, beat the uh, the Jackrabbits on the day Noah was born. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was uh, just a beatdown. Yeah, there's not what seven picks. It was bad. Whatever it was, it was bad. Yes, it was bad. It was terrible. One of the worst games I've ever played. Yeah, wasn't uh, wasn't good. So, uh, congrats to the Jack. I mean, I'm and I'm finding myself watching these games and cheering for them and stuff. And again, I'm getting into it more than I thought I would. It's still, though. It's just like it. It. I want a championship. That that would be great. We're hoping for that. But again, it's like. It, it's just, it, it feels weird. It just feels weird. And now people are like, oh, we need to have FCS play uh, every spring. Well, how the hell is that going to work no. with, no, because, no, just stop with that nonsense. Stop with that garbage. Yeah, this is a unique situation, kind of like how we all liked it last year in the, you know, uh, the, the bubble with how, you know, like the NHL determined their seating or, you know, the NBA and, and, and stuff. Yeah, just stop with that. No, 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 we're done with that. Like, the NBA can get rid of this play-in bullshit. Yeah. Like, we don't need the 8, 9, and 10 seeds all playing each other. It's like, that's dumb. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't need 9 and 10. If you can't finish with the 9th or 10th best record, 
in your conference. You don't deserve to get a shot at the playoffs. Like, you're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to win a series ever. Right. So what's the point of that? So, like, I'd, I'd like to go to the game next week, but that ain't going to happen. So I got other stuff to do. But uh, I watched, like, the last five minutes of the first half. I forgot it was on. So I don't know what the attendance was. It looked great. 4,000, I think, is what uh, it said. It sounded – it looked – bigger than that it sounded louder than that it's probably what you know probably what you're gonna get i don't should think be a little bigger should be a little bigger on saturday at 11 yep should be a nice day i don't think they counted the students though if the students didn't have to pay to get yeah. in another yeah. couple hundred there i'm sure they all left at half time no no they were there they were there they made noise oh yes yes they were um it's just good it's just it's great to see sdsu kind of in that national spotlight battle back. And, again, Mark Gronowski looks like the real deal. The Yankee twins are, are very good. Uh, Pierre Strong, you got Isaiah Davis, uh, the 605 Hogs. They're all doing good. So it's a, um, it, it was good to see them get that win. And I think Gronowski, I mean, he's a freshman. He's gonna he's a star in the making here. If, if he, maybe he'll declare for the draft of the freshman. Yeah, yeah maybe. Like, Let's see him continue to progress, but he's a quarterback that I think people. Well, I would hope a team would look at uh, drafting fairly high. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna look at Trey Lance, why not look at Gronowski? He can run a little bit, so he sure can. He sure can. So, congrats to the Jackrabbits there, Delaware, noon Eastern, eleven a.m. Central Time on ESPN. James Madison travels to Sam Houston State. That's at two thirty p.m. Eastern on ABC. I know Dave Pash is doing one of the games. I would guess he'll be doing Sam yes. Houston State. And I would guess it would be Matt Berry and Golick Jr. on the other Who's side. doing the game last night? Yes, yep, with JMU and, and UND. So. Who did it? Who did the game oh, last night? Oh, who did the game last night? Uh, I don't even know. I have no idea. Kirk Morrison was the analyst. Um, and I, I can't remember the other guy for the life of me. I, I don't remember I don't his name. Um, but it was good that they didn't uh, – I didn't hear any major screw-ups, so that's – I, again, I only watched it in like 10 minutes. I heard him say South Dakota once. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> like, you don't call Oklahoma State Oklahoma. You don't call Florida State Florida. Yep. You don't call Ohio State Ohio. So why the fuck would you call <laughs> South Dakota State South Dakota? You're fucking stupid. Yeah. It's like the, you wouldn't call North Dakota State North Dakota. No. Nope. Don't look at South Dakota here. No, they're not playing because they're not any good at football. So, I don't know. At this point, it's just not going to change. They figured out at least the San Diego State thing, mm-hmm. I think, for yes. a while. But South Dakota, South Dakota State thing, so still an issue. It is. It is. Uh, baseball, uh, a lot kind of happened. That Mets-Philly series this last weekend was wild. Um, mm-hmm. A home run for Philly that wasn't, and they ended up losing the game on Sunday night. Uh, the Twins kind of getting back. In it here that well after after two bad losses against Cleveland they come back score ten runs uh, like will the real Twins stand uh, stand up because I don't know what team we're getting on a on a nightly basis they could score twelve runs or they can get shut out I don't know but that's what makes it all the more frustrating because you know they're a very good offensive team mm-hmm. Byron Buxton's the player of the month. And the fucking month of his life. It's like very frustrating. They beat the shit out of Kansas City. 
Sunday. Then uh, the day before they lost, like, was it 14 to 3 or whatever it was? Mm-hmm. 13 to 4. It's like, like the pitching, Matt Shoemaker is bad. You got to move on from him. Just release him and be gone. Uh, Jay Happ has done well, so that's good. You know, one of the two older guys that you signed. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the bullpen is an issue. And Alex Colomay is has been horrendous and has cost him multiple games this year. So yeah, he's got to be done. Fun. Get get rid of him. I you cannot yeah, have yes, him close like, another game. And they put him in in a game against Cleveland, like right after he blew another game in extras last week. Mm-hmm. They put him in the very next day just to get him out there to get that bad taste out of his mouth. They put him in, and do, do you know what, what the situation was here? I do not. No, enlighten me. Okay, so you've got Alex Colomay. You know how terrible he's been. Yes. Been hit, 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 you're hitting the shit out of him. When would you put him into a game? What would be the game score situation you would? Because you got to get him in. Yep. When would you put him in a game stack? And we're like, oh, let's let's get him in. Let's get him working some stuff out, build his confidence, whatever. I would maybe put him in if we were down five or six runs in the eighth inning. Mm, mm. You know what? What was the situation they put him in? Oh, they, they the day probably, after he blew the blew a tenth inning uh, extra inning game. Yeah, they probably put him in either a tie game or they were up by one in the later innings. Yeah, Twins were down one in the eighth, and they fucking put him in. Guess what he did? Gave up two runs. Yep. And their their beat writers and people were saying, "Oh, this was a low leverage situation." Like I'm thinking, like you, it's a five or six run game either way. In the eighth inning, ninth mm-hmm. inning, you're not putting them in when it's a fucking one run game. The Twins of all teams should know with the one run lead is not safe in the eighth inning, at least with this team. Right. This year, and you want to be down one going into the ninth. You're down three. You're basically done. Mm-hmm. Unless you got Alex Colomay, and then you're probably going to win. So that, that was dumb. Like, oh, there's only like a 15% chance they're going to win down one in the eighth or the ninth. Which, uh, yeah, what's the fucking chance of winning when you're down three? About 2%, 1%? Yeah, I want that extra 14% yes. of winning the game. So Especially if, if you're talking analytics, then of course, I mean, yeah, I mean, and we know Baldelli is an analytics guy. Yes, and then, then, then they put him in here the other day, and I think he got... Out of the inning, but they were very hard-hit balls. So, yeah, he's a guy, yeah, you just got to let go at this point. He's he's of no value of you of him. Uh, he hurts the team by being on the team. Mm-hmm. Because if he's on the team, you have to use him. And I'm not paying a guy, whatever they're paying him, $5, 6000000 million to be a fucking mop-up guy. So, get rid of him. Get rid of Matt Shoemaker, who had a couple of good starts. So, now we can we can move on from him. So, yeah, the offense can be really good at times. They got Texas, who's not very good this week. So, uh, win three out of four against Texas, get back into it. I think they're only four and a half behind Chicago. Mm-hmm. So, we're still early, but, yeah, start, start turn, turning things around here. They're, they're playing better, and Buxton... Yeah, he's, he's just you know playing playing out of his mind what, right now. What are they going to do now with Sano coming back? I mean, you can't send Kirloff back because he's been a I don't know has has he been the boost that they needed? In, yeah, he's in the he, lineup? Had, uh, he had four home runs this weekend. Yep. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, his first four career home runs, and been waiting for him. And he struggled in spring training, and he struggled early on. Now he's turning it around, and 
He's kind of been an outfielder. They put him at first base, and yeah, it's, I mean, the time, I, I like Snow. He's like my favorite guy. But you gotta make a decision here, probably by the All Star break, or if not by the end of the year, because he's gotten worse. Like yeah. he has gotten worse and worse and worse. He can strike out, that's fine, but you gotta be a little bit more productive than he is. He can't strike out and hit one eleven. I just was just. Can't. I was just wondering in terms of Kirilov, like it, it seems to me that he's kind of been a boost or a spark to that lineup. So yeah. obviously you can't take him out, right? No, like, you got to leave him. Like you got a guy like Jake Cave, who's a backup. You got Kyle Garlic. He hopefully they he one of those two. Maybe Kyle Garlic they would send down. Like you got to keep Alex Kirilov up and in this lineup. The way he performed, he had four home runs in three games. That's you do that, you earn yourself a job for a while. Yep, no doubt. Uh, what other uh, things caught your attention from the baseball world last week? Dustin May, the guy with the orange hair, red hair for the Dodgers, has Tommy John surgery. He's out. So he's going to be done. He's very good. So he'll be gone for the next year. Okay. Uh, Dodgers, not huh? Lighting the world on fire yeah. at the moment. Yep, not a good week for them. So there, uh, Marcus in the baseball picks usually does good. He is horrendous. <laughs> what is he? Five and twenty-five, I think. Oh lord, that's bad. Like how is that? That's not even like you could have picked Detroit. You could have picked Baltimore. Like you could have picked the worst teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that is impossible to do. Yes. So he's he's struggling right now. Milwaukee's looking really good. Milwaukee's at seventeen and eleven. Uh, the Giants. Surprise, yeah. They've got the best pitching staff in baseball all of a sudden. So we'll see how long they can keep that up. So I know it's, uh, and I know we're less than 30 games in, but uh, are, do you have any more belief or faith in the in that the Royals can keep this up here? Are they going to be no. able to stay in the mix or no? I think, you know, Chicago is, is good enough right now. I think Chicago is the best team in the division. Mm-hmm. I'd say the Twins are number two. So, I think those two teams make the playoffs yet. One of them gets a wild card. Um, Yankees are back to 500. They'll be fine. So, I mean, there's a lot of intriguing divisions here early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, National League East looks like trash. Um, American League West, you know, uh, the Angels at 500. I don't know, that's maybe even better than I thought. Mm-hmm. They've kind of struggled recently, but I don't know, I think it's going to be the same old teams at the end of the deal. That's going to, it was not a ton of surprises. Probably, I don't know, Cincinnati, but they're still at 13 and 14. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you said a couple of weeks ago, all these teams are within a game or two of 500 up and down in a good week or a bad week. It's going to, you know, decide some things. But, um,. Oh, National League West could be fun with the Dodgers and the Padres, and got the Giants. Yep. Got Arizona above uh, five hundred. So uh, what the uh, the National League West? They've got four other five teams over five hundred. So they'd have to be maybe the best division in baseball so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacob Degrom had another ridiculous loss. Hmm. What was it six innings, one run, three hits, nine yep. strikeouts? He lost. Yep. He's uh, he's on a historic pace, but most side for most strikeouts ever through like five starts. So uh, Jacob Degrom, he is 
on a historic pace so far. So, just looking at some of these run differentials here, and there are uh, one, two, three, four, four teams that have five teams, excuse me, that have a negative run differential or a zero run differential, which is um, very similar. Like if I'm looking at the run differential here, there are. Like Pittsburgh's bad. Thirteen teams well, with a positive run differential. Like that's not great, Bob. Not great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, yeah, you probably expect at least half and half. And Detroit, like Detroit's Detroit. Detroit's by far the worst team in baseball. Oh yes, yes, without question. <coughs> Negative sixty-two run differential. The next worst team is Pittsburgh at minus twenty-six. Yeah, I mean they are their offenses. Dog shit, and their pitching is bad as well. I mean, they're they're gonna lose a hundred games, so easily, easily. They're really, really bad. So, like Texas isn't good. Like Baltimore, Baltimore's you know thirteen, fifteen. There, they're in the mix, and these teams are gonna stick around for a while. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, National League East just isn't any good. They they don't have a single team over five hundred. Braves got off to a bad start. Washington's coming on here. They've won seven of ten, but everybody else is kind of. Kind of treading water right now, so. Uh, let's see. I think that anything else. Oh, you, who's your pitcher and hitter of the week? Pitcher hitter. There's a guy named John Means. Does he? Is it like Natron Means business? Is this guy Natron mean Means business? He's his uncle. Uh, he's a pitcher for Baltimore. Who? I mean, you know, John Means. Not a lot of people have heard of him. He's got a 1.7 ERA for Baltimore. Okay. So, he's been doing well for Baltimore. Have I mentioned Jared Walsh yet? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I should really Jared, keep track of, like, who. I'm yeah. going to start doing that now. I'm going to start writing these names down. Jared Walsh is a guy, first baseman outfielder for... The Angels, and he played well last year and just waiting for old man Pools to be put out to pasture. Mm-hmm. And he, he's done well. He's got six home runs early on. He's hitting three fifty six. So Jared Walsh, a uh, guy for the Angels, who was uh, like he was a guy like in, on my drafts. You look for your sleepers. Mm-hmm. And he was a guy whose name would continue to come up as a guy that hey he can maybe hit thirty home runs if he plays if he plays enough. So and I think he's going to do that. So. And, and Jerry okay. Walsh, Angels, John Means, Baltimore. Very good. It, it, it was Jared Walsh or a different. Walsh? Yep, Jared Walsh. Jared yep. Walsh. Okay, I'm going to start writing these down here uh, so we can keep track of this. Yeah, I should have done that. Right and then if Byron Buxton keeps this up, I mean, he's going to be right up there with Trout for war and MVP and all this stuff with his defense factor. And he's going to have like a 10-war season, which is extremely rare. Mm-hmm. But can he so, keep I mean, it up? Can, my, my thing is, I think he's made the adjustment or he's changed whatever the hell he's had to change to be good. Mm-hmm. Because he's been decent now for a while. Like, he was good last year. In the short year, he was good. Mm-hmm. And then you go back last month, of 2019, he was good. So, I'm not... Like, he can't keep this up hitting 450 and all this, but he could hit 30 home runs. If he could hit 300, that'd be great with his defense. Mm-hmm. He's going to have one of the all-time great years in Twins history if he keeps this up. 
him being the MVP discussion, I think he added 20 pounds of muscle, with, with, which can't hurt him. Like, he just got to stay healthy. That's mm-hmm. the big thing. I'm more concerned now about him staying healthy, not breaking any bones, right. staying on the field. That's the big thing for him. And he's a free agent after next year. So if he has a type of year he's on pace to have, you got to resign him that. What do you, you – you don't want to go into next season with last this next season – being his last year, you got to come up with the contract mm-hmm. this off season to extend him. Yep. So what they, they they offered him something a few years ago, he turned it down. I don't know what you offer him. Like he's had one great season, which is what people expected him to do. Yep. A while ago, it's a risk. Do you offer him one hundred and fifty million dollars for? Six, seven, eight years, you go, I don't know. I don't know. So that's interesting to see. If he continues to do this, what type of deal he would get, I guess I would, I don't know. Maybe start at 150. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Because if he does this, then he is the best player in baseball, and that's worth something. Yes, so, absolutely. Just a matter of... Can he keep this up? Can he stay in the field? Because the moment he signs that contract and he gets on the injured list again, you're like, "Oh shit!" Mm-hmm. So it's it's a it is a risk, I yes. guess. They they signed they signed Mauer, and which was didn't seem like a risk at the time, but it ended up being a risk because he got the concussions and he got hurt, and he was never the same mm-hmm. as he used to be. So we don't want to do that again. Right. So we will see. That we will. Uh, any other baseball notes that we need to get to? The uh, the Reds and the Cubs and was Saturday was thirteen to twelve. Uh, the Reds won that one. Okay. The uh, the Brewers and Dodgers played this weekend. They scored seven runs in two extra innings. The uh, Brewers won Ooh. in eleven innings. And it's just, I mean, these extra innings, I mean, I don't like them. I don't you know. Like, like, once, the, like, you hate to see the game go to extra innings anymore. You're like, you know, they're playing, it's 2-2, two 3-3, to 4-4. Two, three to three, four to four. Mm-hmm. And then it goes to extra innings, and it becomes like uh, fucking arena football. <laughs> like, like that, this is no fun. Putting right. vault to 25 and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. It's no fun. It was, it was a very entertaining Extra innings, Brewers and Dodgers on, you know, scoring a bunch of runs and then the 10th and 11th, but it's not, it's not right, so. I agree. I know, I agree wholeheartedly there. So that sucks. Um, anything NBA or NHL we need to get to? It sounds like, I mean, the Lakers are struggling right now, LeBron's not no. right, um... Sounds like I didn't watch it, but sounds like Milwaukee and Brooklyn had a good game Sunday. Yeah, Giannis with 49 points. Entertaining game. The Pacers beat Oklahoma City this week. Yep. What was it 150 something 152 to 95, the worst home loss ever in NBA franchise uh, NBA history. That's bad. That's real bad. Mm-hmm. So I'm just ready for the playoffs, and I'm inter- I mean, I'm interested to see what the Suns and the Jazz can do. Mm-hmm. Because it feels that. like this is, you know, Atlanta Hawks situation or uh, like a Denver Nuggets situation. Well, they're plenty good, but they're not going to reach the finals. So, 
Right. Like Utah, they're not Golden State, but they sure as fuck can shoot a lot of threes and make them. So mm-hmm. if Utah becomes a you know, Golden State type team, that'd be fun to watch. And you'll know, see the Lakers be you know a four, five, six seed, whatever they're going to be, fighting from behind. I'd still put them as the favorite, no matter what their seed would be. So. Their their regular season, the NBA regular season, ends next Sunday. So and the Timberwolves are really screwing themselves out of a top pick here. Yeah, they sure have. They sure have. And they thankfully they blew a nine point lead to New Orleans with three minutes to go the other night. Mm-hmm. Lost in overtime, so we don't need to be winning those games. And uh, Zion Williamson, he's having a good year, so. Mm-hmm. It seems like these guys, like, he was the talk of college basketball, was he not, when he was in he college? Was. Oh, absolutely he was. Everyone wanted and to like, see him. And he's having a great year. His team's not very good. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. seems like these guys go to the NBA, and even if they're really good. You know, he's, what is he doing? 27 points, 7 rebounds a game. He's shooting 61%. He's shooting 70% from the free throw line. Pretty good. That's pretty good. It is pretty, pretty good. It's real good. He's 20 years old. So he's really good. And the Knicks. The Knicks, uh, the Knicks are good now. So that's good. Uh, I mean, Unbelievable. That's, that's, Unbelievable. That's debatable. Uh, but The Knicks? Yeah, I don't care. I don't care if the Knicks are good. I want them to suffer. It's like what do other people say? It's good when this team's good. It's yes. good when the Raiders are good for football. Yep. When the, the Browns are say. good, it's good for football. Yep. When the Knicks are good, it's good for basketball. Yep. And then they got Tom Thibodeau, who's a hell of a coach. I mean, just seeing what he did with the Timberwolves and considering people were disappointed with that. Yeah. yeah. When it took an act of God just to get them into the playoffs for once in 15 years. Mm-hmm. And then they fire him. Mm-hmm. Look what he did with them. Look where they're at now. Look what he did with the Bulls. Bulls almost reached the finals a year, 10 years ago. Yep. They've been terrible. Knicks have been awful. The Knicks are right now. Uh, Knicks are probably going to be the four seed. Yep. Knicks are probably going to win a playoff series. How weird is that going to be seeing the Knicks like play multiple rounds of playoffs in the semifinals? Yeah. Yep. I mean, yeah, they're going to they, they're you know they're going to play Atlanta or Miami and see if they can beat one of those teams. Boston is seven seed right now. Mm-hmm. Well, you got those top three teams in the East. Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Milwaukee. So, like, you, you, you want to win, win the one seed because you want to you know, get out of that 2-3 matchup. So, that's what we got. It is, yep. NHL playoffs yep. will start next week. NBA playoffs following the week after. So, uh, lots to get to here, and we'll break it all down here on the Sports Block Podcast. Anything else we need to get to before we say so long? No, my pillow guy. That's about it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. Oh! Have you ever played pickleball? I I have I, a little bit here. Um, I, I understand you played last week with Melissa. Oh, yes. we. Uh, it was a couple weekends ago my parents were here. We went in the Corn Palace, and there were these people playing pickleball up in the Armory basketball court area of the Corn Palace. Mm-hmm. And they said, yeah, we play, you know, weekends. We play every Wednesday night at the tennis courts. I'm like, okay. We'll do that. So we show up Wednesday nights. Mm-hmm. We play pickleball. It's just like mini tennis. Yep. 
and we play it and we enjoy it. I got some panels at Walmart. I got some panels coming uh, tomorrow from Amazon. So we'll have you know, nice. four, four panels, two sets of panels. Very good. So, so that- we did that. We enjoyed that. We went back the next night, Thursday. We just played amongst ourselves. And so you're going to make we- this a regular Wednesday thing? Yeah, and we went uh, Sunday. We went yesterday. We played for, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 minutes. Nice. Just just ourselves playing. Mm -hmm. And so they say, like, next Wednesday they think there's a tournament. I don't know. But, yeah, we can just play any time, basically. The courts are open. And we play pickleball. It's like a little wiffle ball, basically, is the ball. It's a little wooden paddle. It's just like, you know, basically between tennis and ping pong. Not quite as big as tennis and a little bit bigger than ping pong. And... We had fun doing that, so we played three times last week, and well, at least go Wednesday night to play with these old. I mean, it's it's old people. It is old people. One guy was seventy eight, and he was in good shape. He's real good. They so. probably have newer cell phones though than you, right? Oh, wow, they have to. They have to. <laughs> these people, yeah, these people in their old sixties and seventies. The younger folks look to maybe be in their forties and fifties. And we're thirty three years old. That's so. okay. You just um, enjoy it. It's- Something. But it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. And I feel like ten- tennis is a bit too much. I've never played tennis. I feel like that's a bit too much. I used to play tennis. Were you good? Uh, decent. Not like like I wasn't going to be on a high school team or anything, but like pretty good. You know. like I would. I like to play tennis. I never played, so I like pickleball. So maybe someday I'll play tennis. But have you ever tr- yeah. have you ever played racquetball? I've got a, uh, you know, no, but I have a headset, like a virtual reality headset, Oculus, have you seen those commercials? Oh, yes, yep, yep. I've got that, and there's a racket, the only game I really play on that is this racquetball game. Okay. That I like a lot, so. I'm sure I would like real-life racquetball, too. Yeah, I used to play that at the Y. Um, that was fun. Okay. That was fun. It's too windy and cold today. Maybe we'll play tomorrow, but yeah, we'll play at least probably three times a week pickleball here as long as the the weather is good. So pickleball, very good. And we got our announcer draft on uh, Sunday at six. I think we do. I'm very much looking forward to that. I'm going to start putting together my list. I already know who I want to take number. I'm hoping that this guy will be uh, available in the third round. Mm. Um, I don't know. I might have to take him in the second round, depending on who goes, but. Uh, okay, so I'll let the people know what we're doing and kind of the format and like 15 announcers and we'll come up with with those details for Sunday. Yeah, yep, and we can break it down next week. But yeah, like I think what we're doing here is uh, five announcers. We're just building our own essentially broadcasting company. Like we're each getting a station, CBS, Fox, ABC, or ESPN, um, well, NBC. Uh, we're, we're getting we're drafting five announcers and they're going like for like all the multiple sports we're gonna get six analysts um, then two sideline reporters I think and then a studio host and a wild card right is that yeah, yeah. so we have about 15 people quite a few but there's five of us mm-hmm so yeah that should be good we'll see what happens and again if they're uh Local football announcer or a local uh, NBA announcer, whoever. Yep. If you want to take some guy from a college that we've never heard of, go ahead. It's your, it's your team of folks. Uh, Tyler Merriam. Tyler Merriam. That's what I say. If you want to take Tyler Merriam, knock your socks off. 
Uh, I won't. I won't. You won't. You won't. Okay. No. I'll I'll leave him for Marcus. Also, uh, Bill Gates and his wife getting divorced. Oh, I wonder how much she's getting. A lot. <laughs> Is it more or less than Jeff Bezos' wife? Probably less. So she didn't she get like forty four billion or something like that? Yeah, she got billions, and she's like giving money away. I don't know how much. Like Mitchell Tech, I think got some money from her. I don't know how much it was. But she was just guy like, giving money out to like a thousand different colleges and schools and charities. And huh. if you have tens of billions, you can do that. Yes, you can. Absolutely. And also uh, the White Sox. Um, Luis Robert, who was a rookie last year, he's expected to be out three to four months mm. with a hip injury, and they are all, are already without Eloy Jimenez. So the hits keep coming. That's good. That's it, good. I mean, that, yeah. I think that's the only team you got to worry about if you're the Twins, and mm-hmm. if they're down two outfielders, that's that's good for you. Yes, it is. It is. Uh, but yeah, it's bad news for the White Sox because the hits, therefore, keep, yeah. keep on coming. Anything else? Should be good. Should oh. be good. Very good. Well, you have a great week, my friend. Uh, enjoy the pickleball, and uh, we'll we'll see you Sunday night. Yes, Sunday night. Be an ultra draft. Let's see ya. All right, sounds good. Thank you, Crins. Right, see ya. Travis Crins joining me here on the Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time, as always. So the big quarterback news, of course, Aaron Rodgers likely done in Green Bay, and then this story that ESPN came out with about uh, the Vikings were going to take Justin Fields. And it, you hear that, and you're like, oh, that would have been so great. But they get the offensive line that was being built. We'll just we'll see what happens here. But that's a, that's significant. It, it's even more significant now, the fact that the Bears have fields in, in, in and he's in the NFC North. But uh, a lot going on here. Again, hockey playoffs are going to start next week sometime. Uh, baseball or basketball playoffs will start the following week. So there's a lot going on. The NFL schedule is getting released next week. We're very excited about that. Coming up next, though, more NFL draft talk. Who won? What was, uh, did I say what? Like a like cool whip? Uh, whatever. Uh, what is this? Family guy? Uh, we'll, we'll talk with the great uh, with, with Jeff Lloyd, the second from the Lockdown Browns podcast. Get his thoughts on all things NFL draft. That's coming up, and we'll wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, now available on podcast.com. Follow me on Twitter, at NDStack, and Travis Crins at Travis Crins. Facebook, Nathan Stack, and a link to the podcast posted nil to later part of each week. How did your favorite team do? What were the moments that stood out? What were the moments that made you go, what? And who were the big winners? We'll talk about it all next. NFL Draft, coming up with Jeff Lloyd II from the Lockdown Browns Podcast. That's coming up next here on the Sports Block Podcast, now available on podcast.com. We roll on on the Sports Block podcast. The NFL draft is now in the books. The 2021 NFL draft is now in the books. Who better to break it all down with than my good friend from the Lockdown Browns podcast, Jeff Lloyd the second. Jeff, how you doing? Uh, slowly, slowly recovering, Nathan. Slowly starting to get back to normal. Uh, obviously, a long, drawn-out process. Uh, draft weekend always is, uh, as fun as it is. Um, it does get to be a tiring uh, exercise. Um, but you know, I thought all in well. You know, the city of Cleveland pre- probably showed pretty, pretty, pretty well. You know, just with you know what they were able to do. Uh, you know, the, the fans that they were allowed to you know actually get in for the experience. Everybody you know had a really, really solid time. 
so you know, hopefully, maybe just a step, you know, a step closer and closer to you know getting back to you know what we all love in our professional sports normalcy. Yes, this was the largest gathering since the pandemic began. So uh, I think the NFL said 160,000 fans were there. They were loud. They were energetic. I enjoyed Goodell bringing his chair there and having some fans sit there. Uh, the, the, the Cleveland fan with the pumpkin on his head. My goodness, like that, that takes the cake, let me tell you. Um, you know, let's just start out. I think the big thing that everyone was wondering about was going to be Trey Lance at number, or the San Francisco at number three, and they take Trey Lance, the smart pick, the better pick than Mac Jones. Mac Jones ends up falling 15 to the Patriots. They don't even have to do anything to, to trade up and get him. But the 49ers, I mean, made the right move at least not taking Mac Jones there at three. Don't you agree? We spoke last week, Nathan, and obviously you know, we, we tried to, you know, we did together a mock draft and we put it together. Mm-hmm. I had Trey Lance going third overall. Uh, it just, look, you can try to say all these words of, you know, well, Mac Jones moves pretty well, pretty well in the power. He's not, he was not nearly the athlete that Justin Fields was, certainly not the athlete that Trey Lance was. Mm-hmm. Um, something the Niners want to do with all this boot action and the crossers they run with the tight ends. And, you know, obviously all the wide receivers basically, you know, are guys who have strong yak ability. So you know, there's you know a lot of you know short underneath, of course you know rolling stuff where you know you're hoping to make some easy you know easy smart completions and let your receivers do some work for you. Uh, it's a great situation for Trey Lance. He does not have to start day one. Could he? Maybe, but it's probably not in his best interest or the 49ers' best interest. Uh, they should hopefully get healthier on defense this year. This was a team I don't think anybody was expecting. Uh, you know, to be anywhere in the range that they were, even though, you know, obviously there was a trade-up to get to there, uh, you know, coming off the Super Bowl, and then the next thing you know, you know, you're so desperate, you're, you know, move up to draft number three overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just a tough situation, but I think they got the quarterback that maybe fits their system best. Um, you know, there is, you know, working on getting him to the upside that he has. Certainly there is the question of limited playing time in college, but the 49ers, you know, rolled the dice on somebody they feel pretty confident in. They have a good system. They have a quarterback they can play this year if they need to. So it's, I think in the long run it's going to work out for San Francisco, and I think it's going to turn out to be you know, a pretty much lights-out move. I think Trey Lance is going to light it up there when he finally gets his opportunity, mm-hmm. and I think it'll take this Niners offense to another level. I believe you got there eight picks right out of the mock draft that we did last week. The first six picks you had yes, we spot did. on. Yes, so we that did. was very, very good. And you had Jamar Chase going – to, L, uh, to Cincinnati there at five. When the pick was made, I still think it's a bad choice. you got to protect uh, Joe Burrow. And it do, it doesn't seem – I mean, yes, they drafted an offensive line, but they just – a lineman. But it, it didn't seem like Cincinnati put as much emphasis on the O-line as one would expect with a franchise quarterback coming off of a torn ACL. Uh, Panay Sewell goes to Detroit at seven. It was it, – I mean, it's – I think we had talked last week or the week before about it maybe not being the sexy pick, but it's still a good pick. Yes, but Detroit really didn't. I think, you know, when you have a Devontae Smith uh, available there, certainly I thought that was uh, an option for them because they lacked the wide receivers. So while Cincinnati and Detroit got good players, I think they could have gone in in a different route, and I think it really kind of set them back in this draft. Look, you understand the appeal to, you know, Jamar Chase. Of course, you know, he, the relationship that Joe Burrow had together. Mm -hmm. Um, But part of it for me, though, is if you drafted Joe Burrow number one overall, 
you drafted Joe Burrow number one overall, feeling that he's going to be able to play with any receiver you give him. That's why you take a quarterback number one overall. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, and we had talked about this. Look, it, it was there was the right move, and there was the move that the Cincinnati Bengals were going to make. I don't think they were fooling anybody. I think they knew darn well they had every intention of taking Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can speak how highly they want of any offensive lineman they draft. Uh, that lineman is not going to have the upside of a Sewell or of you know, a Rashawn Slater. Um, me, again, and he's coming off of an ACL injury. This is where, it, it, for me, it was a double up. You should do it anyway because you invested so much in this quarterback. But the fact that he's coming back off of an ACL injury was all the more reason you should have done it. But, hey, Cincinnati's going to do what they're going to do. This should maybe give them an opportunity maybe put some more points mm-hmm. on the board. Um, so, you know, it's not that it's just absolutely insane. But for me, you know, my franchise, everything revolving around the Cincinnati Bengals revolves around what Joe Burrow can do. I would have done everything I could do to put him in the best position to stay safe. I, I totally agree. Uh, I mean, and Justin Fields falls to 11. And, and then, you come, there, you know, the Bears trade up from the Giants that pick 20 to 11. To take him, then there's a report that the Vikings would have taken Fields had he fallen to 14 there. They weren't willing to part with the capital enough to go after him. I don't know quite how to feel about that as a Vikings fan, but they get, you know, they trade back. They get Christian Derisaw, which is good. They get Wyatt Davis, so I really like what the Vikings did on the offensive line. But the Bears did what they needed to do to get Justin Fields. Uh, I don't think a lot of people necessarily thought the Bears would be able to pull off the trade. But they did, and they did a very good job overall. The current structure in uh, Chicago, look, if they did not go out and acquire Justin Fields, they, you know, who knows if they would even possibly make it through this season, uh, you know, the way it was going. And, you know, you can say whatever you want about, you know, what they have in place. I don't believe anybody's believing, you know, what their intentions were at the quarterback spot. Um, but you got Justin Fields. Justin Fields is a special, special player. He easily could have been the second quarterback drafted, third, fourth, whatever. Uh, you know, he, you know, he, I don't know how he ever would have went fifth below um, Mr. Mac Jones, but him going as the fourth overall, the Bears, look, they had no choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a few years ago, you made this move. Mitchell Trubisky obviously never panned out. It never worked out in any way whatsoever. You needed, and you can't go past work. Uh, you need to keep these fans happy. You need to keep them satisfied and say, look, yeah, we may have screwed that pick up, and it may not have worked out. But you can't just try to piecemeal the quarterback position. There's a future there. Justin Fields is definitely going to be coming in. He's got to be aggravated. You know that. Uh, Allen Robinson is probably, you know, went from a guy who was disgusted with his personal situation, who is probably now ecstatic about his personal situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just you know, bring in another level. Obviously, he, runs, he can run the ball as well. Um, I'll always go back to that Clemson game. And, you know, you, you want a guy who's going to man your team under center to say, look, I, you're going to have to take me out of here in a body bag. Mm-hmm. And that's truly what you know. I took away from Justin Fields that day. Yeah, there were a couple of hiccups in a couple of games. It seems like people want to magnify the negatives and certainly not you know, uh, you know, push up the positives. I think Chicago, look, it may not be this year. I don't think, you know, I don't think they're there yet. But I think you know, this could be you know, a, a turning of the guard for the Bears and you know, hopefully, you know, being more consistent, not just smelling these seven and nine, eight and eight years. And, and you get Tevin Jenkins, the offensive tackle from Oklahoma State. I really like the pick of Khalil Herbert from Virginia Tech. You get another wide receiver in Daz Newsom. Like they, they did a lot of good things 
the Bears did to put themselves in position. And who knows now with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, maybe this division up for grabs, maybe the, the Bears can take it here with the with their selections that they made in this year's draft. Overall in the first round, um, I don't want to say there were a lot of surprises. I mean, Alex Leatherwood going to the Vegas at that high, perhaps. But what surprised you the most about the first round? And what pick did you say that is spot on? And what pick were you like, eh, what are they doing? I, I, I don't know if there's so much of maybe in the first round of exactly, you know, what are they doing? Um, I think maybe it was, to me, I was a little surprised with, you know, the amount of linebackers that went. Uh, just, I, I just don't. You see the position as being that important in the NFL, and I know it's certainly trending that way with the amount of passing that's going on. I don't think teams are you know, viewing linebackers as important. I mean, there's certain teams. I mean, like you look at teams that heavily run the ball, the Baltimore Ravens. If you're going to play them with linebackers, Lamar Jackson's going to kill you. So the amount of linebackers that went certainly surprised me a little bit. I thought these guys were you know fringe as far as going in the first round. Um, but, you know, look, teams are going to do what they're going to do. Obviously, Caleb Farley was interesting because he was one guy that, uh, you know, a lot of people, we didn't know. Mm-hmm. We literally did not know. And then there was the talk before the draft. Did he have COVID? Did he not have COVID? Did it sound like Drew Rosenhaus was trying to save his client from some humiliation of not getting drafted on day one? Mm-hmm. Uh, ends up with Tennessee at 22. Uh, great position for him. Obviously, they're ecstatic. They can use a corner. I think I, I was a little surprised that the fourth corner didn't come off the board until 26. I know a lot of people are really, really high on Greg Newsom. You know, the Browns played the game. They were able to sit tight, get him there. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about a guy uh, in Joe Tryon. I, I like Joe Tryon a lot out of Washington. But when you know, I was talking about Joe Tryon, I was talking about you know, mid, you know, mid to later second-round guy. You had to somewhat equate the fact that he didn't play football in 2020. Mm-hmm. But Tampa Bay Buccaneers, just go add another edge rusher. Um, it, as much as it kills me to say, I think that the uh, Ravens had a bang, bang out first two picks in the first round yep. with Bateman. And of course, uh, and let me make it make sure I say it correct now, Odafe Owa, who's now going to go by his you know given name. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had talked during our mock here, you know, I had actually mocked Gregory Rousseau to the, the Browns at 26. Gregory Rousseau, look, even though the pro day wasn't what everybody was hoping, a body like that, things he can do, it's that's something goes that goes first round. Mm-hmm. And with him going to thirty at Buffalo, you know, Buffalo obviously doubled up on pass rushers. So, you know, that's you know, things you're doing when you're trying to find a way. Now, what are they thinking as far as hey, we couldn't beat Kansas City, Tampa did. What was Tampa able to do? Tampa was able to get after the quarterback. So let's work on getting some more pass rush in here. So uh, you know, Buffalo went ahead and took care of business with that. So you know, I thought that was really you know a solid part on Buffalo. The two running backs, I mean, you know, Damian, uh, you know, Damian Harris, obviously to Pittsburgh, you know, we all saw the move coming. Um, I, I still am not really sure if they, I'm sorry, Najee Harris, if they truly mm-hmm. get it in Pittsburgh. And I think Dan Orlowski said it's so perfect that when he said, just because you've got a better running back is not going to cover up for the fact that your offensive line is not doing its job. Yep. Um, and the other thing is, is Najee Harris is going to be 23 and a half years old come this fall. So, I mean, you know, look, I mean, most running backs, even if you can take them in the first round, you're probably hoping, only hoping for four or five years anyway. But at 23 and a half years old, I mean, that that's that, that's a tough pill to swallow. If I'm Pittsburgh and, you know, for what looks like it's going to be the last run, I don't think they've done anything close to, you know, saying, well, all right, well, we're in it. I mean, you know, do, do you, I don't think they're any better than the Browns right. now, and I certainly don't think they're any better than the Ravens are. Nope. Um, I think they kind of – I'm not even sure if they're better than they were last year, and that team, you know, fell off the rails 
easily. I, they could be battling Cincinnati for basement in the AFC North. I mean, you get. I mean, they don't even attack the offensive line until later. I think that was a, a mistake on their part because obviously, you know, you had some guys retire. It's aging offensive line. Yet, yeah, I think you had to do it. And again. They didn't even do anything about Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, you probably need a suitable backup here at some point. They must be okay with what they have. Would you ever expect or say it's okay for the Cleveland Browns to trade with a division rival uh, in the first round for a really good player like the Cowboys did with the Eagles and then the Eagles selecting Devontae Smith, who I, I hope just terrorizes the Cowboys for the move that they made there? Well, I mean, it's it's interesting how you look at it because the whole thing was NFC East because basically it was we'll make this move with Philly mm-hmm. to screw the Giants. I mean, that is essentially what came down. Obviously, the Giants wanted Devontae Devonte Smith. Uh, Dallas put themselves in the position to say, "Well, you're not going to get him." What does it maybe tell you? Maybe Dallas thinks the Giants are a little bit closer than obviously the Eagles are right now, which probably is the case. Um, you know, the Eagles get Devonte Smith. Um, it's going to give them a really, really uh, you know, solid opportunity here to evaluate Hurts. Is he their guy? Um, you know, they have some weapons for him. They spent a first-round pick on a wide receiver last year. So now you're going to have two young receivers. You're going to have your own quarterback. If that hits for them, it's, it becomes a lot easier to fill out a roster if you're finding a way to you know, score points. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it works out for Jalen Hurts. I think he deserves the opportunity. I think he you know, probably wasn't in the best situation Last year, I don't think the offense was so much tailored for him as much as it was, you know, he was coming in playing an offense that was essentially tailored for Carson Wentz. I think it's going to probably work out a lot better for Philadelphia this year. But again, I'm not sure that the NFC East is going to be any better than it truly was last year. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Washington, you really, really were hoping for some, you know, sort of upgrade in the the quarterback position. That didn't really happen. Um, but it was, I think it was, it was interesting that they made the deal with Philly to screw the Giants. I think that is the most interesting part of all of that. <laughs> the and I'm sure Philly was thinking, again. like, wait, you're okay. You want to trade with us. Oh, so like we're the, you know, it's almost like three friends. And all of a sudden now they decided they were going to X the Giants like out of the picture. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of interesting how that all unfolded. Well, I mean, it, I mean, the Eagles are screwing the Giants over again like they did in week 17 of the, the of regular season. So, I mean, what's that? That game, I can't wait for that game up in New York uh, this year between the Eagles and the Giants because the Giants fans are going to give it to the Eagles, uh, booing them like crazy. Uh, obviously, I think your Browns probably got the steal of the of the draft with Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, uh, the linebacker from Notre Dame, uh, fall in there. You get him in the middle of the second round. Don't even have to trade to get him. Uh, there's talk about maybe there's some heart concerns, but he pretty much kind of put that to bed. I mean, that was an absolutely fantastic job. This is a, a definitely a new day in Cleveland because they are making some really great picks here between that and Newsom. I think they did really well probably with their first three selections. Uh, but getting Jeremiah Wusum-Koromoa, there was a lot of talk about him possibly being a player they were interested in at 26. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to play it out, obviously, you know, they had to move up seven selections. They were even able to take another trade, uh, a pick back within that trade. Uh, you know, so it ended up being, you know, two picks for two picks. Uh, he was a player they just value. And the thing that we talked about you know, is players like this. Does your defense know what to do with them? Isaiah Simmons, it took forever last year until he was able to get on the field and contribute, uh, you know, for the Arizona Cardinals. Do the Browns have a role for him? Yes. They are, you know, first things first, he's going to play 
a ton of snaps in two games against Baltimore. We told you, you know, this is the type of players you take and use as linebackers when you are trying to stop that Ravens running attack. You need players that can run laterally with Lamar Jackson. Jeremiah Usu koromoa can do that. Uh, he has ability taking the flats, whether it's a tight end in the flat, whether it's a running back in the flat. Uh, the missed tackle rate is a little higher than you'd like, and I think some people maybe glossed over the fact because he was such a big hitter. Sometimes when guys are you know laying a lot of dudes out, people aren't noticing that maybe there are missed tackles that go along with it. But mm-hmm. and the thing is, is there's not going to be too much put on his plate here. There's going to be a role for him. Maybe not necessarily as a true starter for the entire season. They're going to find a way to take what he does well and only use him in those positions. He can play some safety stuff. They already have three great safeties on the roster. He can play some nickel and dime linebacker where they can add athleticism. He can learn from a player like Malcolm Smith who made a, who's made a living in this league just due to the fact that he's one of the best coverage linebackers in the game. It's, it's taking a, a player that you know needs a little bit of work but having a situation where you can work on what needs to be worked on, but also having a situation where you were not just basically putting him, you know, throwing him into the mix and you in re, you know, increasing his possibility of failing. The quarterbacks, uh, they went early in the draft and then not again until the last pick in the second round when Kyle Trask went to Tampa Bay. And then the run on quarterbacks began. Uh the Vikings take Kellen Mond. I really like that pick. Uh, the Texans get Davis Mills, and then later on in the draft, the, the Saints get Ian Book. Out of all, out of those four quarterbacks specifically, who do you think landed in the best spot? I'm going to go with Kellen Mond, and this is a player we yes. covered together a lot, Nathan. Um, and I know you absolutely loved him. Yep. Um, and for him, now this is you know we talked about it. I think he steadily progressed throughout his career in college. Uh, you add in the legs, you go down to the Senior Bowl, he had a great week at Senior Bowl, you know, looked the part. You know, Everybody understood that there was five quarterbacks in this draft, and then there was kind of everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, Ian Book to New Orleans, I have no idea you know, anything about that. You know, I think Ian Book might be a nice, you know, he would be a great backup for, say, a Tom Brady, like a guy you never has to play, but if you got to dust him off once, he's got good legs, he can complete some short passes. Um, I think you know, some of these quarterbacks got drafted higher. Certainly, I wouldn't have touched Trask. Um, it really seemed weird with uh, you know the Stanford kid, obviously the progression that he had, because it just like he kind of came out of nowhere, and all of a sudden you know, like he just started to elevate towards the end, where there was really no information or no new tape on him. But I really, really like Mond in Minnesota. Uh, you have Jefferson in place. You know, I, you know there'll be a little bit more time without Adam Thielen. You have the strong running game in, in Dalvin Cook. You have a true veteran right there now in, in Kirk Cousins. I, I think it's somebody that could be the next quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings. Yes. Oh, I would. Love, I love hearing that because I, you know, then you see this report that they wanted Justin Fields, didn't do it. You know, I'm still okay with Mon. I think he can do a lot of good things there. So I was very happy with that pick. Uh, overall, what were some of the bigger steals? Do you think uh, throughout you know rounds two through seven, guys that you didn't expect to go there and thought that this team, like Team A, got great value. Well, I, we'll go teams here, and I'll start. And, Nathan, we've talked a lot of football over the last few years, yep. and you know how hard I've been on the New York Jets. Yes. And I will tell you right now, this was – look, whether you thought another quarterback was better than Zach Wilson, I certainly – I would have taken Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. But their confidence, basically from beginning to end, that he was their guy. But then you go and do what other teams didn't do. What do you do? You make a move up to make sure you're getting a piece for this offensive line that you're in love with. Mm-hmm. So you trade up, you get Elijah Vera Tucker. 
Yeah. You get, in my mind, you know, once you got past those you know, top three wide receivers, I think it was kind of a flavor of what you like. I love, love Elijah Moore mm-hmm. out of the slot. He's, mm-hmm. he's not just quick. He's also very, very fast. He got, definitely has a little of Steve Smith to his game is what I feel. So you add that. Then you talk about getting a little bit better on the defensive side of the ball. You add you know, Jamie and Sherwood out of Auburn. He's another player where it's kind of, you know, you can do some linebacker things, can do some safeties things. Um, these players are starting to really become more and more the norm as the years go on because, you know, whatever school you go to, if you're six foot two, 220, you know, there's going to be 50% of schools that say, oh, he's a safety. There's going to be 50% of schools that say, no, he's a linebacker. And he'll end up playing both while he's in college, which puts him in the position to play both once he gets to the NFL. So you get that. Then, of course, you get the running back, Michael Carter. I think he's automatically right off the bat the most talented running back they have on the roster. Can contribute can contribute in the receiving game. Pinnick out of Pittsburgh is a nice player. Hamson to Sarah Dean. I, I don't know. Look, we understand Hamson to Sarah Dean has an injury history. But where he got selected, my lord, makes absolutely no sense. And another gift, even if he is like Sherwood, who cares? The Jets just got better overall depth on the roster. They became a better team. They became a more talented team. Their last selection, uh, defensive tackle out of Arkansas, Jonathan Marshall, a player I absolutely loved, athletic, off the board, really only had one year of solid playing time in his days down in Arkansas, but what you liked was good, and then you added up with the fact that he was a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete. I think it was a really, really good run up to them. The Eagles, as much as I rag on them, I don't really dislike what they did. You know, Landon Dickerson, if the help is there, should be a good player. Mm-hmm. Milton Williams is just an absolute freak who can play inside but has the athleticism to play outside. Gives him somebody there. Zach McPherson out of Texas Tech is an interesting, interesting cornerback. I know he had a lot of fans you know, throughout this process. Uh, Jacoby Stevens, he is another player at LSU. He is one of these guys that can do whatever you ask them to do. You know, Whether it's nickel and dime or base, he can play around the line of scrimmage. He can play a little bit deep. So I thought that was a pretty solid move for them. Uh, their last selection of Patrick Johnson at Tulane was a player that a lot of people liked. A lot of people didn't think was go as late as he did. So, you know, some teams were really able to, you know, put together some, you know, some decent, decent work this past weekend and hopefully maybe change the narrative of where their franchises are currently at. Absolutely. And so one team that kind of stuck out to me, the Tennessee Titans, they obviously, they got two good cornerbacks and Farley, hopefully if the back injury is good, Elijah Molden, a very good cornerback as well. They, they build the offensive line with Dylan Reduns from North Dakota State, but they didn't really go after... The, the offensive weapons after losing Corey Davis and John New Smith in free agency. I mean, you get, you know, a, a, you know Des Fitzpatrick from Louisville at wide receiver and then Racy McMath uh, from LSU to help. But I, I guess even that kind of leads me into my other point is, how in the hell did Kate Johnson, I know I'm biased here, but how in the hell did he not get drafted and some guy like Racy McMath gets drafted? Nathan, I don't want to break your heart here, sir. Okay. And you know this comes down to South Dakota State yep. versus LSU. I That's know. what it comes down to. And you want to know what though for uh, three boy? Hopefully, this might be a better situation. You know, because yeah. you know he's going to where he thinks is a good situation. Yeah, he's going to As opposed to maybe yeah. getting drafted in the seventh round, mm-hmm. um, where you're going to be an afterthought, or you walk right in the door and you're somebody's ninth wide receiver, and they've already got five good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, for him, obviously, you know, Kay Johnson, a good spot that way. But I mean, I didn't even I, like. I knew Tennessee was lacking at wide receiver, um, and then I was actually talking with one of my Titan buddies the other day, and he's like, "Well, Josh Reynolds is the wide receiver too." I was like, "Wow, I didn't realize it was that bad." Yeah. Look, AJ Brown's a fantastic player, mm-hmm. but um, when you're not worried about any other wide receiver on the field, 
you know, I, I think it makes it a lot easier to take care of A.J. Brown. And, you know, if I'm Ryan Tannehill, i got to be looking around going, guys, you know, I mean, you know, how do you expect me to make dinner? Yeah. You know, I mean, we don't have a working stove. There's no meat in the house. How do you expect me? You know, we lost Corey Davis. We lost John New Smith. You're talking almost 1,700 yards and, like, what, 14 touchdowns, I think, or whatever it was, mm-hmm. you know, from the year before. And you brought them nothing to replace any of that. Yeah. Uh, it's just it, – it, it's, it's slightly mamba. Unless they think that, you know, Derrick Henry can once again carry the load. But, uh, I mean, I don't well, know. Well, then wouldn't you want to make Derrick Henry's life easier well, by having more receiving threats out there as opposed to taking away from that? One one would imagine. One would imagine. I, I really don't get it. Uh, but that's that's just me. So, that overall, uh, you know, any other – things really stand out to you about this draft um either you know just the how the city of cleveland did i know you, you said it was good and i thought it was good too uh, that they, they got a variety a wide variety of weather over the three days which was well, certainly uh overall just what were your your thoughts or anything else that really stuck out to you regarding the nfl draft i think it, i think it was just a good weekend um certainly i think we saw a lot of you know what we you know, I think everybody just tried to play in their minds, you know, and put the, every, the boards together. I think there were a lot of picks that maybe didn't make sense. But again, you know, so many of us were working with such limited information. Mm-hmm. And I certainly think, you know, that that, that, that caused some issues. Uh, you know, you look at the fact there was not a defensive tackle taken in round one. Trevin Mowring did not go until the second round, which yep. to me still blows my mind. Yep. Um, so you talk about safety now. You're one of the more important positions in the NFL but yet so important that no team chose to address it in the first round. Um, you know, Barmore, as you know, much as the smoke started to come out late, that maybe he kind of had a you know all-about-me complex, maybe that factored in the fact that you know he didn't go to the second round, and of course you let a player like that just fall right into the hands of damn Bill Belichick, which means he'll probably go to about four or five Pro Bowls over his career. Um, I think that was, you know, I think there was some players that fell out of the first round. And, of course, look, there's always 35, 40 guys in contention mm-hmm. for those 32 spots. But I definitely think there were some head scratchers. Um, yeah. And I think it was just in a situation where a lot of people were just, you know, there wasn't a full report on anybody. Um, and the, some of these NFL teams were in the same spot. So you kind of had to maybe make a decision or two to say, you know, the fact that I don't have this information is this going to make or break or whether or not I love the player? Because you know it's not like anybody else in any other front office had the information that you didn't. Um, so I think you know you had to make some educated guesses. Maybe some analytic teams weren't able to totally make analytic decisions, mm-hmm. um, which made things a little difficult. Like for me, the Browns day three kind of got a little wonky because mm-hmm. all of a sudden now you were drafting guys you know who were a little bit older, whose athletic profiles didn't look very good. Um, but th- it could have been the case of we really like their tape. That's kind of all we have to go on. Or it also could have been the case of our roster's really deep right now. So let's bring in at least a kid who we think is old enough, has enough playing experience that if we're throwing him in here to battle for our roster spot, he's got a true shot as opposed to maybe taking a 20-year-old athlete still developing and understanding there might not be a chance in hell that he'd make your roster. Who were some of the, the picks that you really didn't like? Um, well, LeCount's interesting out of Georgia because the, the, the athletic, uh, the pro day was so bad. But everybody, you know, tried to say, oh, well, he had a, you know, a dirt bike accident on Halloween. Well, the pro day was like two or three weeks before the draft. So it's not like it was three months before. Oh, well, he's okay now. Mm-hmm. Well, 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 how much is okay? Because, you know, a 475, a 475 ain't good. Um, Felton, which is, the, and Felton's, Dimitri Felton, this is really, really good. 
He was timed as the fastest mile per hour time at the Senior Bowl. But yes, he also ran a 4.59 at his pro day. And his athletic testing at his pro day was terrible. So, I mean, I know I love the fact that you know, he brings versatility. He can do things as a running back. He can do things as a slot receiver. You know, they're hoping he'd be you know, a kick returner. But you know, 459 for me is 459. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't seem to totally translate or add up to me. Um, and I think it was just players that they liked on tape and felt that they can do enough to at least compete for their roster spots. Very good. Very good. Jeff, I always appreciate the time. I hate when this uh, season comes to an end. Uh, because it means we won't be talking as much, but uh, you deserve a, 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 a good break. So I hope uh, I hope you get it. I hope you and the family are well. And but before you know it, we'll have a new uh, a new football season to begin. And I look forward to joining you on the journey next year as well. Uh, anytime, Nathan. Always a pleasure. All the best to you and the family, buddy. Thank you very much, Jeff. Appreciate it. You got it, buddy. Jeff Lloyd the second from the Lockdown Browns podcast. Excellent job. I, I just. It's so much fun talking to him, and and here it is, the NFL draft, now over. But uh, I always appreciate his time. He's great. Check out the Lockdown Browns podcast. I know they've had some issues with iTunes here, but find it wherever you can. Spotify, great stuff there. A lot going on with the draft. But, again, great work from Jeff Lloyd II there. Uh, So appreciate his time. Appreciate you listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Again, you can find us on podcast.com. Follow me on Twitter, at NDStacken. Facebook, Nathan Stacken. Travis is on Twitter, of course, at Travis Crins. Jeff is on Twitter, at Jeff underscore uh, LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, Lockdown Browns, at Lockdown Browns. Uh, Definitely worth a follow there. So great stuff. Um, Yeah. Pretty sure that's uh, that's going to kind of wrap up this week's edition, wrap up the NFL draft. Next week, the NFL schedule is released. I look forward to that. Uh, I'll maybe have some – I'll have some ideas because we'll probably record this before the schedule is released on Wednesday, uh, May 12th. And then we'll react to it the following week. Uh, we got the NHL playoffs coming up, the NBA playoffs coming up, plenty of baseball to talk about as well. So plenty still to come, plenty still to talk about here over the next several weeks and the months before we really get into summer and dies down a little bit then but uh thank you again for listening to this week's edition of the sports block podcast hope you enjoyed it hope you enjoyed the nfl draft hope you enjoyed our coverage of it our mocks and everything uh as such related to the nfl draft again great uh, as always to talk with with jeff lloyd and great to do the 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 mock draft and the reaction to it with travis and Aaron Rodgers, what's going to happen with him and the Packers? That is very fascinating to see. So, again, find the podcast on podcast.com, on Twitter, on Facebook. A link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Thank you for listening. Hope you have a great week. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, uh, including my mom and uh, my, my wife, of course, Kelsey. So, ha- just happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. You're great. You deserve it. Uh, enjoy your day. Next week. We'll be talking about more. Will the Jackrabbits be heading down to Fritzko? We'll talk about that. Any new developments on Aaron Rodgers? Again, NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, NFL schedule. Tons to get to. So definitely tune in again next week. Nathan Sacken saying thank you for listening. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast.